All right, everybody, welcome to the newest episode of Before I Go, uh, a podcast for my kids, Trevor and Kaylee, and just honestly for all my friends and family. Uh, so that we've kind of started since uh, I got some not so good health news, and we're just trying to stay positive and kind of put something down. So hopefully uh, someday if Kaylee ever wants to kind of get to know me, or Trevor wants to kind of know more about where I come from after I'm gone, uh, they'll have this uh, to listen to and to just kind of remember me by and get to get to know me. Uh, we had a lot of fun last time. So uh, with me again is my very beautiful ginger wife, Kimberly Clayton Pierce. Hey, love. Hey, everybody. So, Kim, uh, I kind of let you steer the ship here. So what do you got for me this week? Well, we kind of rushed into it last week. Um we started this podcast on a whim and just kind of sat down one night and got right into it. So we kind of skipped a couple of important details. Um, I just wanted you to go over, like, what is your full given name? Who are you? All right. I will answer that. My full given name, Matthew Stephen Pierce. Uh, I know, I think my mom got the Matthew from somewhere. It wasn't, I don't think it was a Bible thing, but I don't know because you figure 79. She was kind of a hippie. Might have been some dude she was doing LSD with. I have no clue. Um, but I will say we jumped in this quick last week, but we've kind of been talking about it for a while, something I wanted to do. That's fair. But, yeah, so Matthew Stephen Pierce. Um, yeah, and I have no idea. And actually, technically, getting into the messed up family situation, my bio dad, my bio dad's last name, like I told you last week, is Shockey. So it really should have been Matthew Stephen Shockey, MSS, baby. Woo! Pierce sounds better. Yeah, but anytime I'm proud I, to be a Pierce. But anytime I play like uh, this is like probably something that should be talked about in therapy. Anytime I talk about uh, this comes up. I mean, not that this comes up. Anytime like I'm playing a video game where you can create a player, I almost always, at least occasionally, give him Sh- Matthew Shockey. That's funny. That really that really should be brought to your therapist's attention, I'm pretty sure. We got a lot of stuff to go through. Yeah. <laughs> I got her busy for a while. You're putting our kids through college. It's funny. A couple sessions ago, right, uh, we were up there closing out, and the scheduler's like, do you want them for a 30-minute session? She's like, no, it has to be an hour. <laughs> Not exactly what you want to hear from your therapist. Right? No. A masseuse, maybe a lover, possibly <laughs> not your therapist. Like she was pretty hard set. It's got to be sixty minutes. <laughs> hey, That's rough. This guy is screwed up. All right. All right, Matthew. Well, what do you like to go by? Definitely Matt. Uh, Matthew. Matt with one T, right? To uh, spe- to specify. Yes, I hate when people spell my name with two T's. Drives me ballistic. Like take. Be curious. Like, usually anything you have, if I'm dealing with you, has Matthew. And I respect that most people cut that short to Matt. But just look how my name's spelled. My mom didn't give me two T's. She knew I was going to be sorry with strong. <laughs> you know, like a doormat. Matt, doormat. And that's what I got. And that's okay. Like, I love it. It's fine. I would have went with something cooler, but whatever. Um, But, yeah, I can't stand when people spell my name wrong. I like to go by Matt. Uh, I have a nickname. Uh, some of my friends call me Chewy. That goes way back to, like, I don't even know where Chewy actually grew out of the roars. 
my grandma used to call me Matt Chew. And then somehow somebody heard that, or I said that's what my grandma said, and somehow it just got cut to Chew. And then it was Chewy for, like, a long time. But now I'm grown up, and I don't use weird names. You still use Chewy. I do. You I'm, do. I'm never <laughs> you can't gonna, deny it. You'll never mature me. <laughs> All right, so uh, just for, let's call it shits and giggles, Take two minutes, maybe, and just describe yourself. What do you like personality-wise? What do you like appearance-wise? Like, tell, help somebody pick you out of a lineup if they had to. Here's Okay, this is not me ripping on me because I thought about this when we talked. Because you do that? I do do that. <laughs> but here's the deal. I think I give off negative energy. So, like, you, I think that's how I would stand out. You know how you just got those people? They're not bad. They're not doing anything evil, but they just give off like that loner, lonesome. I think that especially now that, you know, I'm a big guy now, you know, part of the reason we have these illnesses is I'm sitting here at 551 and some change as of this morning. And, you know, I got this big old beard that I had, you know, that I've been pretty proud of. I love my beard. Uh, but I'm a pretty friendly guy. I'm easy to talk to. I love talking, obviously. We have the podcast. I talk a lot. I like to talk. I'm pretty open book. It's just about anybody. I'm not like somebody who's guarded with my information. Now, with like the deep stuff, as you well know, as you already tore down these walls <laughs> in our mission of love, uh, I don't always open up very quickly like about like just being deep, real human. But... Uh, I, I am pretty engaging, like, but I have to get comfortable. I don't do well with like, uh, you know, just meeting a new group of people is very hard. So I'm very awkward. Um, I don't make a good first impression. That's funny because you did very well as an Uber driver meeting new people every few minutes. You know why? Cause I could be whoever I wanted. Like I used to make shit up. Kim. Fake Matt. Fake, there was real Matt. Like, real Matt was there. Like, here's the thing. I love talking to people. <laughs> so when you got the Uber people who will talk, oh, yeah. Kim, I went wrong way on one-way street. <laughs> somehow, one, somehow one time I got, I got caught on a railroad track, Kim, going to Red Iguana and Salt Lake City. Somehow oh my gosh. I got stuck, and the people thought I was hilarious because I was like, oh, I guess this isn't the right way. <laughs> and I got killer chips. Like, I think the thing with why I do jobs like that, why I do well in things like that, serving, right? We've talked about when I served, how I could make great tips when I was a terrible server. I think, like, you, I don't have, like, I have no problem humbling myself and looking the fool because I think it breaks tension. And it, 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 when you have those awkward situations where you're going down the wrong way and someone's freaking out, like, the cars are all coming at us. <laughs> and I'm like, details. I'm like, I think they're all going the wrong way. <laughs> you just, and I, so I'm not, I have no problem looking like the jester. Uh, if it just kind of makes everyone else more comfortable. Because I hate awkwardness. It's good to know. I really, I don't like being awkward. I'd rather just make the fool, be the humble one. Because here's the deal. 99.9% .9 of the time, I'm never going to see these people again. Right. And then the ones that maybe I did see on multiple occasions, because, like, I was, say, downtown Ubering Salt Lake. So I would get, you know, a lot of the same people. We were just buddies. Like, they thought I was like, oh, you. 
What kind of shit are we going to get into today, you know? Let's run some red lights. But no, I think uh, I'm a pretty jovial guy. I just take a minute to open up. I know, I'll repeat it, I know that I make very bad first impressions. It is not my strong point. And if you work with me, until we hang out outside of work, you're probably going to hate me. Well, speaking of your first impressions, um, one thing I know about you is that you like to be pretty. You like to be flashy. You like to be modern. You like to be um, kind of ahead of the curve fashion-wise. So talk about that a little bit and how you like to present yourself. Well, I think that's one of the hardest things about being this size. And one of the things, I mean, we talked about it, right? How many uh, bins of too small clothes do I have in there? I mean, thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of clothes. Um, but yeah, I like to look nice. I like to be presentable. You could almost say like, if you were like going to put me in a little box, I'm probably a little, uh, preppy. Um, I would have no problem changing clothes in the middle of school day. Um, I like to look nice, but here's the thing. I think in general, you're right. I like to have like modern things. I love my electronics. I love my gadgets. But when it comes to clothes, I have, I do have things that aren't that expensive. But I also have things that are extremely expensive. You know, the thing that pops out is I have a, somewhere in those bins, I have a $185 uh, sweater. But I had no clue when I took it to the register, it was $185. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Honey, that's wait, but I bought that. That's before you. The stuff that's not that expensive that you have is the stuff I buy you. No, I, no, <laughs> I have bought things. Um, but the thing is, like, I am. Like, obviously, coming from Storywood, we didn't have, like, super flashy things. I did not like the clothes my mom bought for me. But I always had clothes on my back, so this is not like a like a bad, like, parent failed me situation. This is, um, how do I say it? Yeah, I just wasn't comfortable in those clothes. So I made a decision. I got my, when I got my first job, I made a decision that I was like going to buy only what I was comfortable in. And here's the deal. Like sometimes I'm not in fashion. Sometimes I look retarded in people's eyes. I'm sure. Hashtag. I probably shouldn't use that word. Hashtag. I'm getting canceled, (laughs) but I looked ridiculous. I probably looked ridiculous to people, but I was always comfortable what I had on. I always felt good about myself. And I think when you buy clothes, Obviously, we all can't, like, I was very fortunate to have the income to be able to do those things and didn't have a family to take care of and all that. But, like, I think even no matter where you're at, when you buy clothes, you should always never buy clothes because they're, like, affordable, right? In the sense of, like, you could probably go to the Goodwill and spend $30 that you would have paid for, like, a new pair of jeans at Walmart, but they're going to be more comfortable to you. You're going to feel better in them. I'm just saying... I think it's important that people be selective about what they wear because I think if you don't feel good, it's like, it's just, and this is, I thought this before therapy, but therapy's just reinforced it. Like if you don't feel good, if you don't feel comfortable with yourself, then you're not going to be able to engage comfortably with other people. Does that make sense? Yeah, fair enough. So speaking of engaging with other people, um, let's move on a little bit. Change of subject here. Do you remember anything about starting school? 
You know, I like have, I do have memories of when we lived. I don't know where it's in Akron. It was before we lived in what I like the public housing. We had this house, and I went to this elementary school for kindergarten. I don't even know if I went the whole year because I ended up going to, uh, I think it was called Barrett Elementary uh, when we moved into the low-income housing. But before that, I went to this other elementary. My mom obviously will know the name of it. I can't remember the name of it. I have, like, like the now that I think about it, like I remember playing, like, Lincoln Logs and being, like, totally into playing Lincoln Logs. Uh, but I was also, you know what I just had a memory of? I was very manipulative even back then. Like, I wouldn't be good unless I was getting, like, I remember this one teacher made me a deal that it, every day I was good, because you're not going to believe this, I could be a handful. What? You? I know. I've grown up a lot. Back in the day, though, I could be a bit much. Uh, but I had this kindergarten teacher uh, giving me a marker every day I was good. <laughs> and I worked at, and that like, she probably slipped that switched on to me. Cause then I was like, Oh, life's about a reward system. It's all, oh, you want me to do this? You're going to have to do this. So I have her to blame. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, hundred percent. And I just never grew out of it. <laughs> just in my headphones. But, yeah, and then I remember going to Barrett, and the cool thing about Barrett was it was uh, I used to go to school, and I used to get beat up all the time crossing this little path. So, for whatever reason, this is my memory, and I'm sure my mom will tell me if I'm wrong. But my memory always was because I got beat up, my mom had a friend that worked at the donut shop kind of in Arlington Plaza. And so what I had to do is I had to walk through this field, go through Arlington Plaza, and then my little elementary school was right behind there. And so to kind of help me not get beat up as much, that's it. If I didn't go through the plaza, I got beat up. But because my mom's friend worked in the plaza, if I went through the plaza, I stopped at the donut shop. It was like my check-in, get a donut, and then go to school. And uh, Your little safety check? Yeah. And, and, I, and that's probably not 100% how it went down. That's just how I remember it. It's also when I stole my first thing. There was a little store there, like a, it wasn't a Kmart, but based like a Kmart or like a Hills. Oh, you don't know Hills, probably. No, we'll I say don't. Kmart. But, uh, and uh, I stole this little, uh, uh, like, transformer thing. Got away with it, too. Scott free. And, uh, yeah, that's when my life of crime began. Criminal. Yeah. But school, like, I don't know, I never was... School and I never connected. I didn't learn well. Did you ever have a favorite teacher? Because I know I know you have some authority issues, but I also know you connect to people on a very deep level. Did you ever have a favorite teacher? Uh, yeah, two jumped to mind. And if I say her name wrong, I'm, I'm sorry. But I believe Nikki was in this class with me. Uh, Miss Grow, and she, t- she taught like social studies, I think. But she just made school so much fun. Like, it wasn't like, you, I don't know how your high school and uh, Miss Grow was actually middle school. I was um, going to say what what grade. Yeah, it was. I think she was like seventh grade maybe. But um, 
maybe eighth grade. I think it was seventh school, and I'm pretty confident Nikki was in this class with me. But it used to drive me nuts in school where, like, you just went to school and the teacher would put the thing on the projector and she, they would just read it out and you would just basically copy it. There was no, like, interaction. I hate it. But from my memory, Miss Grow didn't do that. Miss Grow was, like, interactive. You talked. You communicated. Like, there was, like, you you what I love to do, right? You what do, subject did she teach? I think it was social studies, like, American history. And Nikki... If, might be out there listening and know better, but I almost swear, she, and Sarah might have been in this class too, but I'm almost 100% sure Nikki was in this class. And she was awesome. Miss Grow was phenomenal. Like to, and that might not be her name. I'm feeling like a real asshole, but that's the name I remember. And then uh, I go fast forward to my first stint in college, University of Akron. Uh, go Zips, the only female uh, uh, mascot in NCAA. Really? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Equal opportunity at the University of Akron, baby. I like it. Um, or Akron U. Um, anyways, I had a, like, my food safety class, right, where you learn about botulism and all that and how it can mess you up and why it's important to clean properly. And, you know, it's basically like a serve safe class for a whole college semester. But this lady... Her her teaching didn't really stand out. I mean, it was it was good. She was fun. But her humanity was amazing. So her and her husband were early investors in Apple. And so she kind of, like, told us the story one day where I was like, she's like, my grandkids won't have to work because my husband, like, basically behind my back invested, like, 50000 into Apple. I took his whole retirement invested into Apple when it was, like, in the shitter. And so you figure Crazy. I, this was like 2002 where Apple was just starting to come up with like, you feel like the iPods were coming up. Yeah. yeah. And so she was like, she wasn't like braggadocious about it, but because she was talking, what happened was she would talk about all these trips she would go on in the summer or like anytime we were off, she's like, oh, we went to Greece or we went to this place. And uh, so obviously came like, how do you do all this traveling? And then somehow we got that story out of her. But the cool thing was, is like what she did, like anytime, like she, there was times where stories of her buying students books for not just her class, but like for their whole semester, because they didn't have the money to buy them, taking kids in uh, because they lost their housing during wow. the semester. And she was such a giving person. Um, reminds me very much of your sister, Debbie. Yeah. Like very much like lives her life to serve others and understands that what she has is a blessing and yeah, very Debbie like, and so, she, and she was funny as hell. So those teachers like really jump out. Uh, and it's funny. Cause I think of Kaylee and Trevor and I'm like, I wonder, cause Trevor will never tell us, but I definitely wonder about those with those two. Like, do they have the, hopefully that they had at least one teacher like that. Trevor had a history teacher last year, I think, that uh, played video games with them, played Switch with them on lunch. Yeah. And so he was, like, very much relatable to him. So I know he really left an impact, but that's all I really know. Oh, and his fifth grade teacher was phenomenal. With his ADHD, he sat us down and said, like, like, my son has ADHD. I understand the struggle. And it was 
it made that year so easy for us. I bet. He was a phenomenal teacher. It always helps when you have somebody who's going through it as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What, uh, What was your favorite subject in school? Did you have, like, one that you excelled at? Gym. Gym. <laughs> I fucking hated gym. <laughs> I loved it. I loved gym class. Um, we played basketball. Like, I just was always like, I love sports. And so, you know, go back to being how fat I am. Like, I miss that. Like, I played sports 24-7, honey. Like, if we weren't at school playing, like, we'd play basketball at lunch. Um Every day after school, even my little group of friends, you know, the six of us would play three-on-three baseball on a full-size baseball field. You have scores like, oh, it's 79 to 88. (laughs) It was just... Too much field to cover. Yeah, or we would sit there because you had a pitcher, an infielder, and an outfielder. (laughs) And then you'd have ghost runners. You're like, oh, my ghost runner stole. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, we didn't give two shits. Or we'd go play basketball. You know, you, we always drive through Storywood. And uh, I would drive by the old school. That was an elementary school now. Who knows what it is, but it's falling apart. Um, but those hoops there that are no longer there, they just kind of got the poles. But I remember it like it was yesterday or even earlier today, um, running that court all day long. I mean, all day long. Yeah. Hell, there was times me and Butler would go up in the winter and play back, like shovel the ice away and play basketball. Like that's all we did. I miss that. Like we were so active, like football, football in the field. Yeah. Yeah. Two fields, the one right across from grandma and grandpa's, uh, until we kind of got banned from that because, well, and then, (laughs) and then there there was, uh, What's that? Because, well, <laughs> yeah, so, guessing there's more to that story. We'll revisit that. Yeah, I mean, we could get into it right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there was that field, and then Karen Hicks, uh, who lived basically across the street from me at 979, her dad had a field that he let all the kids play in, and Terry was kind of like this really cool guy. He'd, like, put you to work in the summer. He could make, you know, a little bit extra money. Uh a lot of times he, I would just hang out with him, and we'd go to the donut shop and get donuts and coffee, and just again, I liked being around the older people and listen to them like tell stories, and you know. But uh, yeah, so the field across from Grandma's. Uh, so at one point, uh, we used to play baseball there because my grandma's like like one of her best friends. I think her best friend lived like literally directly across the street, right, basically right next to Butler. On the right-hand side. And then there was the field, and then there was this other White House. So at some point, the White House got sold, and a new family moved in. And uh, the guy happened to be the 7-Up distributor for my mom, uh, her stores. And uh, so one day, we're playing baseball, and the asshole stole our ball. Now, we're starting with strong. You just can't let that stand, Right? We've got you're new here, buddy. We've got to make we've got to make an example. We've got a reputation to uphold. Yeah. So we decided to have a sleepover at Butler's, and uh, we're all sleeping outside. And when Rose goes to bed, we go to her kitchen, 
and we just grab everything sugar bleach like every cleaning thing whatever we could find and uh <laughs> this is so bad i'm a bad human <laughs> I just, i'm just pretending like i'm not hearing this yeah. part I'm an objective listener. I'd like to tell Trevor and Kaylee. <laughs> Don't do what I do. Yeah. Let this be a lesson of how not to be a human. Do what I say, not as I do. Exactly. Learn from my idiocracy. Be good kids. <laughs> um, so anyways, we're having a sleepover, and we sneak over to this guy's house, and we proceed to put everything into his gas tank, Sugar, whatever, whatever was that night. Put butter all over his door handles, all over his windshield. I mean, we went to town. And then to top it off, I'm not going to say who, but one of us, and I promise you this was not me with my whole soul. One of us shit in a bucket (laughs) and flipped it upside down on top of his car. Oh, God. So now, right, so now we want to see, like, the fruits of our labor. So now we're all at like seven in the morning. The sun's coming up. We're all like, like laying outside this fence, just waiting. The proudest fucking peacocks, I'm sure. The proudest peacocks, like giggling, like be quiet. We don't want him to hear us. And it comes out, and you just see like he stops because he sees what has happened. And that's Kim right now is shaking her head, <laughs> just like this guy shook his head. It was absolutely priceless. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> it was great. Oh god. So um <laughs> so he somehow I guess you know, now being an adult I realized like he pro- he was like, I still gotta get to work. So he gets in his car and he drives off, right? And we're kind of disappointed because we're like, How in the F did he get out of there? Right, the car should not have ran. No, not it, for long. It was like an hour or two later, tow trucks bringing it right back. <gasps> oh god! And we effed it up. And so I remember telling my mom this story, and that's how I found out he was like her Seven Up guy, because I was like, you know, there's there's that statute of limitations, not just legally, but with your parents, where you're like, oh, I can tell you this now because it's kind of, ha ha. In the past, now. Yeah. So I remember telling my mom that story as an adult. And her be like, that was my seven up guy. And I'm like, well, motherfucker shouldn't stole her ball. <laughs> you gotta learn how sorry with rolls. <laughs> All right, so sorry would and rolling around and meeting people. Who was your? Do you remember who your first friend was? Or if not, who was the first friend you remember making? Like, let's say in elementary school. Honestly, it was probably so at our little bus stop. It was the Clousers. It was like this whole little gang. It wasn't like one person because everything was about the bus stop. So, you know, if we're going from 979 down toward Butler's, right? Yeah. On Crestline, and you come to that four way, that stop sign just past Butler's. Okay. That was my bus stop. And so, those people, I'm thinking right now, like Karen Hicks, uh, Amy Hicks, I think, Ron Clouser, his brother, um, this guy Bob, whose last name is escaping me, um, then Danny Albright and Sean Pack. 
And then obviously the Bumblos come shortly after that. Um, but that was like my click. And then Butler, you know, in third grade. But that was my click. And so, and on some level, like obviously Karen's probably the one I had to, I mean, actually, no, like growing up, like I was just interchanging with all those people. And it was cool because we were all very different. Like, uh, like uh, Karen was more of like uh, she liked like the magic, the ga- the magic stuff, or like the live action role play. Yeah, from what I remember. And then Danny and Sean were kind of like you know working on little engines and stuff, like getting dirty and building stuff. And then the Clousers, I think they just like to fight and like have sex. That was kind of like their goals. Um, life goals. Sorry, what's strong? Um. And then it was just me who was, like, kind of, like, trying to be a part of it all, you know? Trying to relate to everybody in some way. Yeah. Because I was always looking, I mean, to this day, right, I'm always looking for connection. Always have been, you know, and I think it goes back to the chaos in my house and how I really felt like I didn't have any connection at home. You know, even with my siblings, like, yes, they're my siblings, but... It's very awkward. Like, it is. I see other people, even you. Like, I see other people and their siblings. And I've yet to see, like, a situation like I have. Or maybe I just avoid it. I don't know. But, like. I think I relate to your siblings better than you do. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. I don't doubt that. And I think that's why, like. You get along with most of them better. Uh, maybe you're secretly sorry, which strong? I am. I like, it's not even a secret anymore. So we moved to Ohio, and I thought I was going to be all out of place. Nope, I fit in like a fucking glove. <laughs> I fish. I don't hunt. Yeah, I don't hunt. I can't do that. I just can't. I'm I'm too empathetic towards animals, but. Uh, yeah, no, I feel like I really get along with your siblings better than you do the most of the time. No. And honestly, like you talk about, we've talked about these bridges I'm trying to build. Uh, you kind of have been the one forging that ahead and like pushing me to be like more open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And building bridge and be more open and understanding and honestly being a little less douchey because here's the deal. I am like the douchey brother. I know it. I get it. I was always the rule, like, I didn't always follow the rules, but I was always making sure they were, like, I was all about them following the rules. Well, so two things here. First of all, you are the douchey brother. It's in your DNA. And second of all, I am an objective viewer. So I'm able to come in, you know, without all the bad history and say, like, let's give this person a chance where you might not be willing to do that because you have bad blood. I think it's another way we balance each other out because I think I do a similar thing for you where I don't have – I have a much different perspective of your family yeah, than you do. So sometimes when you're seeing things a certain way, I can, I can go – Yeah, They just do it out of love. Yeah, and it's and, – but I get, like, I totally respect where you're coming from, and I'm sure you, re- like, hopefully respect where I'm coming from, but, like, you have your own perspective and your own feelings. And so I think it's good for us to help each other, like, be open to understanding why they are who they are or like they are, but also being respectful. Like, hey, you got to have, like, feel your feels. That's fair. 
Speaking of feeling my feels, I'm going to get a little tangent here, but like we watched that uh, Unforgettable movie. <laughs> Definite tangent. Well, no, because I was just thinking about feeling feels and like siblings and connections, and I bawled my eyes out over a fucking hug. In that movie, like I thought it was a good movie, but that movie made that hug for me like one of the most intense. Like I literally wanted, and here's the thing: it was like not like a cry like I usually cry, where like something touches me or like you know connects me to those childhood memories. Thanks therapy for making me feel shit. Feel, but kind uh, of bastards. <laughs> but no, like not only was I crying, right, but like. I was like shit. Like I wanted to throw either throw my phone through the window or at the wall. I just wanted to wing it, or I wanted to punch a wall. Like I was angry inside over a hug. We're gonna cover that in therapy, by the way. After Christmas, it's on the list. There's a long list. I'm sure there is. Especially because I did my uh, uh, what did I what did I call it? I did my testing. I still have a two hour test, but I did some of the testing. And uh, and she's like writing down all this shit. She's like, "This is gonna be really good for next year." And I'm like, <laughs> like she's, she's just seeing dollar signs. <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, there's gonna be an HBO uh, special <laughs> called "Being Matt." They're gonna have two T's, and that's how they're gonna screw me out of getting any money. <laughs> all right, I have one more question for you today. All right, um, we're sticking with your childhood. Do you remember? An early toy that like stuck with you, or is there, or do you remember your first toy? I mean, obviously your first toy you probably don't remember, but what's the first toy you remember that like really left a mark on you? Okay, I know you said one, but I have two. Go for it. One is kind of like a. Um, I was really into Transformers as a kid, so for back to back Christmases. I think grandma got me in both years, but I could be wrong. But one Christmas I got the, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Thundercats. But Very. There was two, right? So you had the cars and then the lions, uh-huh. right? Well, I was into it, right? I was like, you know, I love me some Thundercats. Um, and so one year I got the lion. I'm talking like the cast, not the bullshit set, like the plastic crap set. No. The cast iron. One year I got the lion set, and the next year I got the car set. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Are you sure? Because that was like a... No, I'm good. I'm listening. Please go on. I'm I'm worried. Uh, Did my Xbox not come? No, it's... God, it's going to be late. Like, a couple years late. (laughs) It's going to be really awkward. But uh, I got those sets, right? I got the cast iron set of the cars and then the cast iron set of the lines. I was super stoked. And I just remember, I know one of Grandma got me, I think, the car one. But either way, it was awesome. Like, I was, like, living the dream. Because, like, that was the thing. And from what I can remember in my childhood, we didn't get a lot, right? But, like, you almost always got the one big thing. Yeah. Um, And then the other toy I remember is... What is my favorite thing? One of my favorite things to watch. Uh, no pressure. What do you mean? Football right now. Well, no, but what else that you hate? Oh, uh, South Park? Something that you've, like, no shit about and it kills you. I don't know. Wrestling. Oh, Jesus. So yeah. I had, 
these wrestling figures, a handful of them. They weren't always the same. Sometimes they were like these big rubber ones, or sometimes they were like these little action figures, especially when they like were able to like move their joints. Um, and so that was my thing. Like when we would go to my uh, stepdad, he wasn't my stepdad. Technically, I guess he was my stepdad's house, uh, mom's house. I would kind of always go off my own. And I would, like, sit down on the floor, like, just kind of, like, V-style. Something I definitely can't do today without needing some help. Uh, And so inside of my legs would be, like, the ring, right? And I would tell whole stories to myself. Like, it wasn't like, oh, we're just going to put him in the ring and make him fight. Oh, no, like, King Kong Bundy had a fucking issue with the Ultimate Warrior. He's like, you ate my cupcakes, motherfucker. And I'm coming for the belt. Right, I would like, and so if we were there for an hour, half hour, however long it was, or if she was watching us and we were overnight, the majority of the time, that was, I was always off on my own. I rarely engaged, like, to my memory with my siblings. Now, I'm sure it happened okay. more than I would remember, but is that okay, like, stop being a dickhead? No, okay, in all fairness, you are still the same way. You are still very, like... I hate to use the word self-centered, I am. but like you do what Matt wants to do, period. End of story. Still, you watch what Matt wants to watch. You like the three of us can be watching a TV together and you don't even ask for opinions. You just put on what Matt wants to watch. Like you still do that very much. So it's funny that you mentioned that. Oh, man. <laughs> it's I not thought- a bad thing. It's just funny. It's a character Flaw, maybe. <laughs> just so you know, everything you described, I would put under flaw. It wasn't like, hey, let me hug you. This is so sweet. You're like, you're such a selfish douche. No, I don't mean it that way. I just, you just very, you're very uh, self-aware, maybe, is a better way to put it. I don't know. There's not a, there's not a kind way to put it. Just- Here's the thing. Like, let's be honest. I'm a narcissist, and I own, I own this, but I'm t- I think I've worked very hard in the last nine years to change a lot of those things. And it has been a lot harder than I ever thought. Hey, first, I never thought I'd give a shit to. But it's been very hard because I recognize, like, I am, first off, I'm very selfish. I am a narcissist, 100%. You have grown exponentially. And I agree with that. Um, I will say that I am also very self-aware. And I'm willing to, like, have those ugly conversations with myself of like, you know, like this isn't cool. You know, like you are not being very respectful right now of so-and-so's needs or like what I love about you, by the way, that helps make me better at this. And we've had to have this conversation, but you've been open to me going, Hey Kim, I need you to tell me like X, Y, Z, like when, when I'm not doing something, but you need that. I need you to tell me. It's because I want to do it, but you're right. I am super selfish and not very aware of other people's needs or desires, but I'm totally okay. Like, I'm great. Like, when you tell me something like that, or honestly, anybody, when anybody says, hey, Matt, I need that, because I love specific I love specific direction and what you want from me as a and person. And clear expectations. And, yes. Yep. So if, if you say, hey, Matt, I need this from you, I might say, hey, I'm going to have to work on that. Or you know what I'm saying? It might, I'll do my best, but I am going to do my best because, but if you don't say that, then I'm aloof as all get out. 
And that's why I come off super douchey. And I totally own it. And I'm trying to be better. You don't come off douchey. You come off uh, absent. Yes. But is it weird that I feel absent? No. Makes sense. I feel very much a lot of the time like... How do I say this without being terrible? Like, I do feel a lot of the time in this world... I don't know if this is a breakthrough or like we're gonna need marriage counseling. But this Uh-oh. Is, no, because but this isn't specifically about you, but just in general. I feel like, and I think it's maybe because of my size or because of history, but I feel very like I have very much like I don't want to be disappointed. Right? Because people throughout my life, and maybe like they don't think they disappointed me. But for whatever reason, if they said they were going to be there at 7 and they were there at 7.15, you disappointed me. People have left you or let you down. Yes, and not lived up to what they said they were going to do. That I am very guarded, and that makes for a very lonely existence. Think about it. I mean, if you think about it, it took you years. And I don't I mean, the fact that you're still here is a blessing from Jesus if she exists. But... Like, you were so, I don't know, it has to be patience because you're still here, but to see whatever you saw in me and to work as hard and frustrating as it must have been to get to where we're at because, I mean, we're, we would have never, we wouldn't still be together if I didn't grow and you didn't push that out of me. We're, we're in it now. <laughs> we are in it now. <laughs> And uh, speaking of that, I think that's a good place to wrap up for yeah. the day. We're about I think we're good. That's all I've got for you today anyway. Yeah, it's 40, 42 minutes. That's kind of right where we want yeah. to be. Uh, again, I want to say, Trevor, Kaylee, I love you. We love you. We love you. I, Kaylee, I hope you get We job. love you both. Very much. And Kaylee, I hope that you get the chance to meet Trevor and Kim, or you choose to want to see them, and obviously that we get reconnected. Um, and again, I had a lot of fun, honey. Thank you very much. Of course. I can't wait to do this again. Like I get so excited. So the first one is real quick here. The first one we put out, a got more hits than I was anticipating. And I've gotten a lot of good feedback and thank you all for giving me that feedback. And I appreciate it. And I'll keep taking it. And if you guys have questions, shoot them out to me at Pearson, uh, at Pierce Matthew nine at gmail.com. I would love to kind of get some interaction here. Um, if anybody has questions you want him to go over, please let us know. Right now we're working out of a book, which is actually really beautiful. It's actually a really good book that we just got, but we are open to answer anything that anybody wants to know. Yeah, and I'm an open book, and like you'll help me, especially if you're already in my circle. Uh, you may have some questions that I we don't have or wouldn't think about bringing up, uh, and Again, I want this to be as true to me and as true to who I am and as open as it can be. So Trevor and Kaylee uh, have this. And Kim, if you know, if I happen to go before you or you know anybody in our circle, I want this to be out there. So you know, I'm not going to have a thousand people at my funeral, but I I want the people who did love me and do love me to have access to like the true me. And I'm at a point in my life now where I'm totally comfortable being uncomfortable 
uh, thanks to therapy. But, yeah, so until next time, Kim, thank you very much. Of course. And we will see you guys on the next chapter. Bye, guys.